Hello and welcome to Perspective. This is a show by founders of digital creative agencies giving our perspective on starting and running our own companies. The aim is to provide useful advice and inspiration to others as well as learn from each other and others we get to come talk on the show. This is our 21st episode. My name is John Dark. I'm a director at Every Interaction and joining me today I have Anna McLaughlin from Inkspiller. Hello Anna. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing really well thanks John. How are you? Good. It's a bit cold. It's a bit frosty to start this morning. <laughs> yeah. It is, yeah, frosty January. <laughs> so Anna is someone we brought in to every interaction to help us with our own internal stuff. We were struggling with our website and in particular our copy. We really wanted to take a content first approach to trying to communicate to visitors, prospective clients, exactly what it is we do and how we go about doing it. And so we approached Anna to help us with that exercise and I, when people ask me, and I always describe you as a as a content strategist, is that accurate? Well, I suppose I I, I probably wouldn't call myself that. I think it, content strategist can be kind of a confusing term, but I suppose yeah, you could you could say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say copywriter, but then it, it seems like that doesn't quite do you justice. No, I know. I I totally agree with you. I think. Um, I stick with copywriter just because that's the term that most people understand. But I, I think, yeah, there is more, there is a lot more to it. Mm -hmm. um, I also use brand strategists, but obviously I don't deal with um, the visual side of brand. So that's not quite right either. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe I should look into titles a bit more <laughs> to find the right one. Rebrand yourself. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if somebody, you're meeting someone new for the first time and they ask you what it is that you do, how, how do you describe it to them? So I usually say that I work with innovative businesses and to help them explain what they do and why it matters, because I think so many businesses do actually really struggle to describe what they do, as I've just done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I would describe it. And I would just say, you know, I help them sort of describe what they do in simple terms that anyone can understand and help their customers understand, you know, why what makes them different mm -hmm. and yeah, why it matters, basically. Great. And and what types of clients other than UX design agencies do you uh, do you do this with? Um, well, I, all, I work with a lot of design agencies, actually. I'm, I would say, yes, design agencies are mostly the kind of people I work with. Also, other kinds of creative agencies and marketing agencies. I think you found a good niche there in that it's, uh, they always <laughs> seem to be struggling with, with talking about themselves. It's a very difficult thing to do. Yes, yes, totally. Um, and I really like working with creatives. My husband's also a graphic designer. And I think I'm, yeah, I just enjoy working with other creatives. And also, I do also work with a lot of technology companies. And I suppose for the same reason, they tend to be service rather than product based tech companies, so consultancies, really. And and again, what they're, what they're selling a bit like with a design agency, they're selling their ideas or they're selling their process um, or, you know or advice people I tend to work with are those who they don't have a tangible product mm -hmm. so actually that makes it really really difficult to describe the value that they offer um, I mean I suppose you know you can say a website is a tangible product but um, the process of getting to that tangible product isn't so those are the kinds of people I tend to work with nice yeah and it is invaluable to get that right isn't it for a business I mean yeah we really struggled what is it do you think about about creative people in particular that makes them incapable of being able to <laughs> articulate that, that uh, value that they, they offer to their clients? Um, I think, I always say, I think it's just that, I think it's that you are 
probably a bit too creative. You know, you've got so many, well, it depends on the person, but generally they have so many ideas and so much passion for what they do. They almost love it too much and they want to be able to tell everybody everything. And it's almost like there's so much to say, you end up saying nothing. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you kind of get tongue tied, but in the sort of written, <laughs> the written version of tongue tied, it's, it's really difficult to know where to start. And I really struggle with this myself, but I think any business does, um, not just creative businesses. Uh, there's a great book called Made to Stick and in there they describe the curse of knowledge Mm-hmm. And how once you know something, you can't unknow it and you can't look at it from an outsider's point of view. And that's often where I think creative businesses struggle because they know how important it is to speak to their audience, but they can't really stand in their audience's shoes because they're too close to what they do and, and they care about it too much. I think that's the main reason. Yeah. I mean, in, in the creative services as well, I find that that people are quite obsessed with their peers and what other companies that in their market are doing as well, right? Ah, uh, very true. Very true. And I think they, they see them and they see someone they think is doing something better than them. Yeah. And I think it's just a, the nature of the creative industry. And this is how the creative industry works is that somebody does something. So everybody else sees it, gets inspired by it and either is influenced by it, copies it or enhances it takes it puts their own spin on it and Mm. I think that's what people try to do too often when it comes to talking about themselves is that they will see what Mm. other people have done and they'll just do the same thing in a very similar vein and just change it slightly I think that's really true I hadn't really thought about that before but yeah I think that I think you're absolutely right what is it people say it's comparatitis or something like (laughs) where you're, you're spending all your time you're obsessed with looking at what other people are doing so you're sort of maybe more looking outward than inward Mm, it could be that and it's it's so important to get right and as as creatives we all want to be seen as individuals right and different from everybody else because it's mm. an expression of our creativity yes totally and and actually that is what you're con- that is what you're selling isn't it yeah you're selling your unique process or your unique way of doing things especially in sort of if you're looking at the world of websites and because you know it has become quite commoditized mm. And people can get a website for free. So where so you have to therefore show how you would approach it and how you personally or as a collective add value. Yeah, yeah. And, and websites in general, as you know, are all sort of homogenized to a large extent and they're all very similar. They all follow a lot of very similar patterns. And mm. I guess when we were starting this project with you for our website that we wanted to try and break the mold of that a little bit and not, not do what everybody else did, not, mm. not go with the the large header image and single statement with call to action button yes followed followed by a couple of case study squares to to try and do something a little bit different oh my and the bugbear that i have and apologies to anyone that's listening but the, the header with the mac and the ipad and the iphone it's just oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so many so many design agency websites have that it's just yeah it's everyone does that and it's you know if you do the same thing as everyone else you are making yourself a commodity basically yeah and uh, the process that we took with with our site with with you I mean before we got you involved we I think we did what most people do in the scenario of just trying to redesign it in isolation and starting in the wrong Mm. place and we started straight onto the case study pages and didn't even think about the rest of the experience of what it would take someone to get to that point 
Mm. We weren't thinking about the messaging and I think we were making the same mistakes we'd made in the past. And at some point we got to a realization that we really needed to take a content first approach with this, that the content and the messaging should should drive the experience. And uh, that's when we got in touch with you. Yeah, and I and I think that's great. That's you know, I'm really passionate about that. I think content has to come first. You have to decide what you're going to say before you decide how you're going to say it. And it was really such a fun experience working with you because I hadn't actually worked on a. Although you know, often I've provided the content first, but I, the way that you then took it and the, the card sorting exercise you did, I think that was that was definitely the first time I'd seen that, and I, I think it worked really well. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, I'll explain that to the listeners. We um yeah, Anna, Anna, after doing a few iterations and, and getting the structure right, so we were trying to figure out. Well, we didn't write with a sitemap in mind, did we? We just wrote yes. and wrote. And then it sort of naturally fell into a couple of different sections. Yeah, exactly. That we thought might become the main sitemap pages for the website. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, we did a little experiment to try and figure out if we'd got those categories right and what they should be called by printing out all your copy, chopping it up into into little cards, and then scattering them around basically on a table. And we've got everyone in the team to group them do a card sorting exercise and group them and order them into what they thought were coherent sentences and paragraphs and and then put a label on those groups Mm. it was really interesting everybody did something slightly different but there was it gave us a direction that there was enough commonality between what people were doing to give us a steer and a direction to to choose what those labels are Mm. yeah and and then to, to give it something that we wouldn't have got to any other way Yes, totally. So it was so it was sort of like just dis- deciding, well, what is it that we want to communicate? What are the important things? And then from that, evolve a structure. So yeah, it's really, really, really interesting way of doing things. I mean, we did quite a few interesting exercises. Do you want to able to walk us through the sort of process that you did with us or, or the process that you do with, with clients in general? Yeah, sure. So I mean, really, I think, as I said earlier, we, you know, what I what I was interested in when we started working with you is to understand what it was that made you tick, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, what you stand for, what what is it that makes you different, what's your what what do you stand against, what's your unique perspective, what what are your values, what do you care about, what would you fight for, those sorts of things. So we had a workshop and we did a number of exercises where we dug into that. Yeah, it was it was I mean I always find it so fascinating to see how how people approach things. Yeah, we did a few different speaking exercises we did a brand personality exercise with some um archetype cards mm, i really enjoyed that one yeah I, it's so good and, and actually the archetypes exercise was very interesting because what came out was this real um you know this real sort of altruistic caring hand-holding side to the work you do which i'm not sure was coming out before no, I agree. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, certainly, I hadn't, I hadn't pit, I hadn't picked that up before we spoke. Anyway, before we had the workshop, mm-hmm. and actually, that linked in beautifully with how you serve clients. So, as we discussed, lots of typical every interaction client seems to be somebody who has a real unwieldy site or just a very complex, messy challenge. And what you do is you help them get to the, the situation where. It's it's clear, it's organized, it's calm, and you do that in that love in that very caring, you know, you have a quite a scientific process, but it's caring, altruistic, and there's no drama. Mm-hmm. 
you you have a very measured calm approach and and what they end up with is a very measured calm orderly solution so it, it all tied together really well I think we ended up with quite a holistic picture of what it is you really do and why people really work with you you know it's not as simple as they work with you just to get a better user experience it's actually it's you know there's a lot more going on but that was that was certainly my take on it how, do, how does that compare to how you would work with uh, other clients other agencies is it a very similar process it's a similar process yeah I mean I think I have those certain exercises that I fall back on because I know they get us to the right answers Mm -hmm. and but the answers are always completely different and that's the kind of exciting part but it is fluid as well and it does depend on the size of the organization and and the people there you know you guys were very easy to work with other people might need a little bit more you know we might the exercises might need to be a little bit more creative and perhaps involve more movement and things like that just to get people really going if people are not that forthcoming Mm -hmm. but actually with you guys I think because you run your own workshops and everything I think we we very quickly got into the juicy stuff is it possible that the results end up creating something that, that conflicts or you know creates a bit of a blocker that you can't move forwards with I think sometimes yes because often there have been situations where which I'm sure you've come across you do this sort of work actually you realize that the organization the business realizes that they have more serious problems perhaps mm-hmm. going on than in a communication exercise can solve and so sometimes that can create a block where actually they need to go back and actually rethink their whole business right so mm-hmm. that's <laughs> not in a bad way in a, in a positive way mm. also I mean I have had the situation where so what's come up in the workshop is not how the organization wanted to be perceived so they didn't want to come across really as they really were. <laughs> they wanted to kind of um, present a different, you know, put a different spin on how they communicated, which, you know, is, is not the right approach because, we, as you know, we live in this world, everything's so transparent. It's, it's pretty obvious really quickly if you're not who you pretend to be or, or you know, if there's a if there's a disconnect with how your organization really communicates internally and then how you start communicating on the outside. So, for example, very formal organizations that want to be all friendly and pally, that just doesn't add up and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think I've only ever had that once or twice. But, um, but yeah, there is it doesn't always flow mm. perfectly. <laughs> and do, you, do you find you get quite different results if you're dealing with a smaller team versus a, a much larger team and only working then with a, a few individuals within that larger business? Yes, I'm, it's much, I mean, I much prefer to work with small businesses really because of that, mm-hmm. I think. Um, well, if you're working with a bigger organization, you really have to be working with the owner, founder, because they often set the tone for everyone else within that business. So mm-hmm. it's much easier to work with a, a smaller company um, but if you are working with a bigger company then you really have to be working with the key people otherwise you will end up with something that's not quite right yeah yeah I think it is different and if you speak with a larger organization then you need to be speaking with the right people you know it's no good if you're trying to kind of do this looking at values and the, the personality it's not it will be more superficial if you're just going to be speaking with like the marketing team versus the actual owner director basically Mm -hmm. but often that's just how it goes you can't always be in charge of that I mean even in a smaller organization how often do they involve the whole team 
or is it often just the the founding the founding members um yeah it's often it's no it's mostly like you know the key people like the key five to six people mm-hmm. i mean it is possible to do that with the whole team but you i think you just need to break it up i haven't personally done that but i have helped i work with an organization called belief and off and i've often helped sort of interpret lots of interviews they've done with you know the entire um, team mm-hmm. of an organization so they've done they've looked when they've been looking at company values they've interviewed you know the, basically a cross-section of the whole organization and I've helped sort of we go through those interviews and map them to you know the values that the leadership team have identified yeah that's the other way of doing it is you kind of break people into smaller groups and and have you ever extended this into sort of more internal focused work? So a lot of what seems to be quite fashionable these days with agencies is having a sort of manifesto and a, a sort of internal communications document that describes everything that the company does, how they go about hiring, how they go about communicating themselves. I guess all new people who are onboarded into the company need to read this document, Yeah. but they also sort of open source it and publish it on the web and use it as a sort of outwards marketing thing to give people an insight as to what it's like to to work for that company yeah i have i mean that's that's basically what i um do with belief so they work on all what they call organizational identity so that's looking at you know what is our culture and how can we kind of codify our culture so as we grow how can we make sure that exactly as you say every we always hire people with the right cultural fit you know people that are really going to no matter what they're hired to do, they will strengthen our culture, not weaken it. Because I'm sure, as you know, as we all know, we've all worked with that one person who's made coming to work really miserable, <laughs> um, or just, or perhaps not that we've not gelled with. I mean, not to say everyone needs to have the same personality, but there needs to be, you know, there does need to be a kind of an, a shared identity in to have a really strong business culture. So with belief, that's exactly what we do. Um, we're working on looking at what is that culture and how can we describe it? So coming up with, as you say, so talking about how we do things around here, basically, mm-hmm. how, we act, how we treat each other. And, and it's nothing to do with the actual work. It's just to do with the, the shared behaviours. How, how do we treat customers? And then how can we kind of make sure we embed that in all our policies so that we never, you know, we don't ever go off track or we don't become something we don't want to be or we don't hire the wrong people. So, yeah, that's exactly what we do. And then and also so I help then create these fantastic culture books, mm. basically, which are also then a marketing tool, too, too because they actually say they're, they're just a great way of, of showing what you're about um, as an organization. So, yeah, I think it's really, really important, especially for like fast, for fast growing companies, because it's, you know, you can quickly, you can quickly go off track. Yeah. I mean, if we ever become fast growing, it's something I think I'd be quite keen to do as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And I think it's a valuable thing to do anyway, even if it's just putting it some rough ideas in place. I think it is a really certainly looking understanding what your values are and making sure that you're you know you're working mm-hmm. to those values it's something anyone can do it's quite easy to do but it's but it is it's important just to give you a kind of a touchstone really now the output of that's quite different to sort of doing your your website copy for example and marketing copy so is the mm. process the same though i think less so i mean the the initial exercises that you would usually do 
I'm slightly different. Mm -hmm. There is some of that. There is some of that as well, because obviously you need to understand the work mm -hmm. that the company does. But no, it's much more getting into the values and also the, the sort of how the company is day to day. So how people interact with each other on a daily basis. It's, yeah, it's much more, it's probably doing a lot a deeper soul. It's, it's more intensive. So it's more like a kind of a, I would say my projects say run between four to six weeks that this would be three months. It's, yeah, it's much more involved. Yeah, I guess the end document you produce as well is often quite large. Yes, exactly. You know, it's like, yeah, you, you end up with like a 140 page book, basically. Right. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's a lot, a lot more involved. Mm. But, um, but then, you know, but then that you have something which should last forever, because, uh, you know, culture is the thing that should not change. That's who mm -hmm. you are, essentially, as a group of people. So, yeah. I guess some people do treat it as a bit more of a living, living, breathing document, don't they? and it, it mm. does need to be updated and, and amended over time. Yeah, I think that's definitely something I see with um, when we're looking at mass messaging and copy is that that often changes, you know, that's changing every year or so um, as your business evolves, because, you know, the way the kind of people you work with, the kind of projects you do, the kind of that that's more. Yeah, I think it, it should be something you, you're always looking at, at you know, that the messaging side anyway. Great. I, I can't stress how important this is to uh, to agencies out there, I guess, is what I'm trying to get to, is that yeah, it's so important to make sure that you, you do get the way that you express yourselves outwardly to the rest of the world, to clients and to peers, exactly right and or just accurate to who you are and, and what you do and what you believe. Mm, mm. Uh, we met a client just yesterday who, uh, a potential new client, who came into us and was so enthused by what they read on the website, they they confessed to reading every single word on the website and read, read through everything <laughs> oh wow really and then listened to the podcast and then went through all our case studies and, and made notes and everything oh my goodness. It, was, it was quite impressive and yeah. it really it really caught them it really it helped them engage with who we are and they came to that meeting pretty well armed with an idea of what what we can do for them mm. that really helped uh in that first meeting mm. so what could you explain a bit more about that so what did they um how do you think if you hadn't have had those things it w the meeting would have gone very differently i think because if, if people don't really get an idea of who you are you, you have to work much harder in that initial meeting to be able to to communicate that to them and you, you spend a lot of time sure yeah you know they are they always ask you know who, tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do and your, your projects when you're meeting people for the first time and you know you, you've got a a bit of a spiel that you've done a thousand times and mm. starts to sound a little bit familiar mm. but it's always evolving and you're always trying to improve it if someone has got a good grasp of that already it it just makes those conversations simpler shorter and you can get down to talking about what it is that you can do to help them sooner yeah which is the important thing to focus on nobody wants to go to a meeting and just hear someone talk about themselves the whole time god no yeah <laughs> <laughs> and also they're almost and it sounds, I don't want to be, this sounds really you know, clinical, but they're almost partly sold, aren't they? I suppose mm. that that kind of, that getting to know you bit is done almost. Yeah. That's his job really, isn't it? It's designed to get them to get in touch and convince them that you're the right people, or at least one of the right people they should be speaking to. Yes, exactly. Totally. And I think, 
one thing I, I would say, I, I'm with you, I think it's so important because often, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying that I'm no, I'm no better if somebody was to put me under the spotlight and say, oh, well, why, sh- why should we hire you? I would say the same things as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Oh, experience, <laughs> um, skill, la, la, la. But actually, mm-hmm. everybody has that. Sadly, you know, everyone has that. It would that would not make me any different to anyone else they were speaking to, and that's the same for any creative agency. Everybody has the talent. Everyone has the skill. Everyone has great experience. So you you have to have you have to express something more. Um, a to stand out, as you say. So they call so people calling the first in the first place, but also so you understand what your strengths are and so you know what kind of clients you should be working with and what kind of projects you should be getting involved with because you you will be stronger in certain areas than others and it's that's really valuable knowledge to have and then you can you know you'll start to work with the clients that you can really help you'll make more of a difference and you'll have more rewarding work yeah more of that please yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) excellent well, thanks so much. I mean, it's the process that we've been through together has has been really enjoyable. We uh, and I think we got an awful lot from it, and I think anyone else who goes through that process can, can get the same. So, yeah. Why don't, why don't you tell everybody how they can find out more about you, Anna, and where where they can get in touch? Well, you can get in touch with me um, at inkspiller.co.uk is the website. Um, and also, I'm on Twitter. At, I think it's at Inspiller underscore. But why can't I suddenly remember that? <laughs> Being really silly. <laughs> Those Twitter handles and, yeah. Ours has an silly, underscore too. Silly me. I know. I'll look it up. I'll drop it in the show notes. Yeah. So you can find me at, at Inkspiller underscore as well. And I also have, if you are interested in this process, I have made a virtual course that will take you through part of the process. Mm-hmm. And that's available via my site. There's, you'll see there's um, a tab for Ink Academy workshops. And there's a, there's a course that I've created, which is build a standout brand. And that will take you through a lot of the process and a lot of the exercises that we I would do in a typical workshop. It's something that you can just do virtually. Oh, interesting. Okay, that's something you, you can do on your own without, without your direct involvement. Yes, exactly. It's just it it will definitely get you halfway towards getting a clear idea on what makes you different and how you can stand out. Great. What a good idea. Yeah, a, vir- a virtual workshop basically. Wow, how very modern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, I've been John Dark at Dark John on Twitter from Every Interaction. You can find us online at everyinteraction.com where Anna has written some of that lovely copy and on the web at Every Interact on Twitter. If you'd like to contact us about this episode or find any of our past episodes, you can do so on our website at perspective.fm or send an email directly to us to get at perspective.fm. We're also on Twitter with one of those underscores, underscore Perspective FM. <laughs> you can find us on iTunes. Uh, we appreciate ratings and everything there. We're in all your podcast players. Just search for Perspective FM. You should be able to find us there. All the links uh, will be on our website along with show notes for this episode. So thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Anna. Thank you. You can't hear my cat, can you, meowing? I did hear your cat earlier. Okay. <laughs> Very cute. He's in the background. So I might have to lock him in the kitchen if he keeps up. <laughs> no, I did. I heard him earlier. <laughs> but yeah.